Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy Cook Noble, and I'm going to be here with you for the next hour while we talk about financial matters that are daily and affect you that I hope we break it down into a way that makes a lot of sense and you can understand it rather than be confused and shake your head and then the ultimate uh, the ultimate part that we want to avoid is the avoidance of the financial stuff. So we want to make sure that um, everybody has an opportunity to understand their stuff and everybody has the chance to talk to somebody or get the help that they need, either by just listening to the show and getting some answers that you might want or by writing in or calling in or emailing me or or joining us in the chat room so you can ask questions. Uh, if you if you have an advisor, which I do during the day and not in a bookkeeper, but um, during the day, I deal with a lot of questions and, and sit down with people and we, we navigate through their questions and, and their stuff because at the end of the day, that's really all you need to know is, is your things and how they affect you and your family. So I've, I've said it before and it's worth repeating. We're not competing with any neighbors or cousins or, or siblings or anybody else. Uh, even if you're identical twins, you all have something that's different and it's unique to you and so is your financial planning. So we've talked a lot in the past about um, different topics that people have even asked me about. And if you have any specific questions or topics, please send in. We're happy to answer the questions here on the network. I'm happy to answer the financial questions. And I'll leave the other questions to the other experts. But uh, uh, feel free always to write in or contact any of the hosts to ask them a question. If it's about parenting, if it's about your pets, if it's about living a happier, healthier life, if it's changing your mindset, there's all kinds of shows that we have that are available for people to plug in to get the help that they need or ask the questions. Sometimes if you say get the help, then it sounds like there's a problem or whatever and people are afraid to say that but uh, or admit that. But the truth is there's there's just a wealth of information here at the network that you can just plug yourself into and, and get the right information that works for you. And I can't stress that enough. It's for you. It's about you. It's all about you. So make sure that um, you're just looking at your stuff. We don't really care what your neighbors are doing or your cousins are doing or your second uh, uncle twice removed or anybody like that because what matters at the end of the day is what your stuff is doing. So let's focus on that. I'll focus on the financial questions and hopefully keep dissecting them for you. Uh, We've we've talked a lot about... um, daily stuff. We've talked about life insurance, which can be complicated. We've talked about investments, um, which, and I don't say it's complicated in the sense that you can't understand it. It's complicated in the way that it's presented. And it's, it can be complicated because there's different kinds and different vehicles to use uh, in the life insurance and in the investment world. So what we need to do is just break down each for each individual. And today I'm going to do something a little bit different because it's not Um, a specific financial or insurance concept, but it is definitely a big and huge topic that we can't cover in in our our show in an hour, but we are talking about the family enterprise. So our our show today is is to empower the enterprising strength of your family. So what does that mean? So if your family runs a business, 
which if it if you specifically aren't in a family that runs a business, you probably are related to someone or you know someone really well who is involved in a family business. And if your family is one is one of more than 880,000 in Canada that employs over 6 million people and it accounts for over 60% of Canada's gross domestic product, um, if you think about those numbers, they're they're big numbers. And what does that mean? Well, to you and me, that is they're running the, they're running the world, like they're running the economy. And the numbers are similar in the United States um, and all over the world. So what happens in free market businesses, uh, like for example, in free market countries, sorry, like um, arguably Canada and the United States, uh, United Kingdom, Australia. I mean, there's different levels of the way the economies work, but for the most part, any of those first world countries, you can go in and start your own business. You can you can do it in second and third world countries as well. This is a little bit different in the, the government operations and motivations. But um, if you're if if you have a desire to start a business in Canada or the United States, uh, you can do it without any any problem. Like you could go tomorrow and decide that you want to start uh, a, a dog walking business, and you could put a plan together. You can apply for money if you want, or maybe you can get investors that are private, like your parents or, or siblings or friends or cousins or so forth. And you can start putting in the time and marketing, and that's what you do. You start building a business. And uh, Walmart is a fairly big business, and I'm going to say it because it's one that we all know about. Uh, it started with a family uh, by the name of the Walton, Sam Walton. So it's grown, and, and you can grow a family business into be the size of something like Walmart, or you could be the McDonald Brothers and grow a business um, through different channels and, and ways of doing it. They didn't specifically build it this way. They brought in an outside person to help, but um, franchising and so forth to see something called McDonald's. And we, everyone around the world, I'm sure, has heard of McDonald's. Or if they haven't heard of it, they um, are probably in a country that's severely depressed because everyone around the world has heard of McDonald's and there's a good chance that we've all eaten there at some point in our life with something. So uh, it's a it's a huge, huge, huge business, and it started as a one-location restaurant with two brothers. So it's also started as a family business. So when you start to think about it like that, you think, wow, you know what? Family business is kind of a big deal. And, um, I mean, I come from a family business. My uh, grandfather started our family business in 1927, and it's still going, and uh, I ran it for many years. And then I left and am on my own doing just the financial. And I don't say just. I mean, I'm doing the financial only because that's by choice. I love it. And I just focus more off of uh, what I had done before. So there's lots of ways that families, businesses grow and lots of ways that family businesses work. So I do want to say this is a, in my opinion, this is a very, very, very key distinction with family businesses. There are... Uh, there are family businesses out there, and every single one of them are family members who are in business together. So it's not a business that's all about family. It is a business that is made up of family members. And it's an important distinction because mentally you have to remember when you're in business together that a business has to have uh, business is intended to be uh, an operation onto itself. So when you incorporate a business, and I know this is a, there's 
conversations to have between corporations and non-incorporating. But if you have an incorporated business, then that rec- is recognized by the law to be a, a body onto itself. It's like like you created a person. <laughs> so when you create an, an incorporation or a, a corporation and a business that is incorporated either by um, the incorporation or by a corporation, but it's all under the corporation in Canada, be under the, the Business Corporations Act. Um, federally, you would do that in the United States and register, or statewide, you can register. But the point is that you're creating another entity when you incorporate a business. So when Walmart started out or McDonald's started out, there was a restaurant and these two brothers started it and it was just the two two buddies that were brothers. And then they 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 grew and they decided, okay, now we're going to incorporate our business and we're going to call it business, you know, business inc. And then it it grows and now that they've created a new entity. And now they're holders of this entity, but there's a lot of legal distinctions and a lot of planning distinctions why you would want to do that or not want to do that. But the point is, then you just keep growing. You can keep growing in that. So now that particular entity that you've built is a growing concern. And it's it's kind of like creating a life and it just starts growing and growing and growing if you allow it to. So family business is a, to me, it's one of the most fascinating types of business because almost every business you think of started as a family business. Now, it could be two best friends that started or two cousins that started or maybe you started it all by yourself and you got private investors like Jeff Bezos, but uh, when he started Amazon, he got private investors, but he had his wife supporting him. So I would argue it was something of a family business because she was part of the uh, the planning and part of the support the support team. She Then she started, she worked with him in it. Um, so I would say you probably, if you're in business for yourself, your whole family is involved because it's, it's a big undertaking. It's a, it's a high risk that, uh, you're, you're taking. So something like McDonald's restaurant business is very difficult, especially now, but back when, uh, the McDonald brothers started, uh, you, there was, you know, in the fifties, you've got forties and fifties, you had a lot of drive up kind of serve you restaurants and they took a risk by doing something different and the risk paid off. There's a lot of people that take risks and they don't pay off in terms of financial um, wins, but uh, entrepreneurs and the people who are even the family members, if they're businesses and they're starting it together, the people who take the risks and I guarantee you, if you've talked to a business owner, then they've all had some kind of failure. Every one of them, like the Elon Musk with, with uh, Tesla or his business at one of his businesses or um, Jeff Bezos and one of his businesses or, I mean, uh, Bill Gates and the Microsoft business. Like there's all kinds of people that take risks and they pay off really well. There's also these same people that can tell you about the failures that they've had and the obstacles that they've overcome or or the challenges that, that they had. And you'll learn a lot from those. But um, talking about family business the reason it's empowering the enterprising strength of your family is because when you take on, and we'll talk about this tonight, but when you take on a business as a family, you really have to be aware of uh, whose strengths are what and whose roles will be what. And you have to be very conscious of keeping that um, with everyone, keeping that in mind. Because it's very easy for families to work together and it's very easy for families to 
argue together about business if they're not focused and they don't have a plan and they're not keeping on that plan. So it's super, super important. If you're going into business to start a business with a family member, uh, make sure that you have a written plan. I mean, it's important anyway with business. It goes without saying. You need to have a written plan and a, and a direction and, and that um, you know financial budget and all that good stuff. But it's really important that each of us knows if you know if I'm going into to business with a family member, then we each need to know whose role is going to be the financial role or whose role is going to be the administration role, or who's going to be the one that's in charge of sales. Technically, you're both in charge of sales. You're always in charge of sales. You're always talking about your business. But you want to make sure that you have clear boundaries, I guess you'd say, because it's easy to get mad at uh, somebody that's a family member. And, and uh, if things go wrong, then uh, you still have to see them at family functions and you still have to sit around the table at Christmas time with your family. And if you choose and if you don't, then that means things have gone really wrong and the family now is falling apart. So the family business is, is, is key to the economy. It's key. It's so important because it makes up over 60% of GDP, which is gross domestic product. And it's also really important because it's very, uh, it's it's you have to be careful. It's very uh, delicate in the fact that you're also dealing with your family members. So you don't want to have a problem with the business. Obviously, you want the business to do well, but you also want to make sure you have a healthy family relationship because you don't want to have a family business. The business fails and therefore causes the family to fail or vice versa where the family fails and and breaks down and then the business breaks down as a result of it. So those are things that we want to talk about because uh, it's very easy and very quick to have those things happen. So we want to make sure that we're always empowering each other as a family. We want to make sure we're powering, empowering each other in business. But I really like to tell people, and I, I myself like to make that in the top of my mind, the distinction that it is a business that happens to have family members in it. And we're going to treat it that way. So that's how we're going to empower people. The same as we would empower people if we weren't related to them. And if we were hiring them as a, a staff member or if we were growing a business or we were franchising a business and we were bringing on a franchisee or, or if we were setting up another satellite office, we're going to empower people the same way as we would um, a family member. Because it's sometimes easier for us to be overly good to a family member or overly bad to a family member. And we want to remember that the business is the focus. So we're going to take our first break of the night and then we're going to come back and talk about empowering the strength of your family. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we come back, we're going to talk about our family business. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and you are listening to our show, Financially Speaking. Today, our topic is Empower the Enterprising Strength of Your Family. So we all know somebody in business that is related, or we are in business with somebody that's related. And um, today, we're just talking about how that has a financial impact and how we can empower our family, really, and the strength. So if your family is running a first or second or even a third generation business, then unlike a lot of other businesses, you're going to be dealing with head issues and heart issues because these things affect the planning and the decision-making in the company. The uh, the thing we have to remember is, and I, I always try and tell people, and, and I don't want it to sound cold or unsympathetic, but it's a business first, and we have to look at things as a business. And it's very, very easy for people who are related to have a lot of emotions involved. But in our, uh, if we can focus on the business, then it's a lot easier to keep emotions in in uh, under control. So you might need some guidance, though. And this is where it comes in, not just family business, in, but in general, in business, but for sure in family business, you might need some guidance on any strategic succession plans or assistance with generational transitions, um, maybe education programs to assist you or the other family members to build their knowledge and skills. Maybe you have... Uh, uh, a lot of education or formal training and your partner, your family business partner does not. So maybe you talk about what, what that looks like. Is it worth sending them to different programs or courses to learn different things and that stuff that's part of your plan? Um, you want to have, you want to be able to help your other family members build their knowledge and skills and you want to support the family enterprise experts and peers. So you want support from them. So, the the ideal way, and I've seen this done one, like I've seen this done, but one in particular stands out, and it was actually really kind of cool. So very solid family business, um, very well known, private company, multiple multiple locations in the southern states, and they have a fam- They have a board of directors, like they're a, a huge company. When I tell you huge, like you would know them. They're um, they're huge, and they have a board of directors, and on their board. There's three siblings, and the parents have passed. They're uh, they're now the siblings are um, older now, but um, and I think the third generation has come on. However, 
uh, what they did is they recognized early on as a family that was growing and making, you know, it's a billion dollar company. And they recognized that they need to make sure that the family stays intact, as does the business. So they have a financial advisor on the board who talks to them about the finances. They talk to them about the direction of the company, parts of their strategic plan, parts of the business plan. They talk about daily operations, how the money works and flows and where they're at financially. Then they have another person of equal importance and equal role called their family advisor. And the family advisor, the family advisor is somebody who advises on the family matters. And his role, it was a, it was a man, and his role was to make sure that each person had the opportunity to speak and be heard in their role in the business. So it was very, very forward thinking, very smart, and that helped this business grow dramatically and do really, really well. So that's how they empowered each other. And, and there were certain skills that one sibling had over the other, and then they sent others for training on certain skills. And the business has, has grown and done exceptionally well. It's a fantastically run business. And uh, it will, I expect, continue to do really well because they're very aware and very conscious of it. So for people that are looking for um, a coach, uh, a business coach or a family coach uh, or a family advisor, whatever the term is, consultant. I know a lot of the time people use the words coach and an advisor and uh, consultant all interchangeably. There are some distinctions, but whatever it is, I know if that's what you're asking for, I know what you're looking for. It doesn't matter if the, the particular name is right. So what you want to do is you want to find somebody that will help handle all the emotions and the family history as part of the and part of the relationships between the different people in the businesses, because we remember business first, and we're going to separate. Help this person is going to specifically help you separate the personal from the business, and um, the family man, the family members that have the knowledge and the skills are going to help address and strengthen the family business and the family relationships that need that particular strength. So it's 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 really the best way to work everybody together. And there's different organizations out there that specialize just in family business. There are uh, different advisors that specialize just in family business. There are um, both the financial and family advisors. So if you're out there and you're in a family business, it doesn't matter what size it is. If you're thinking, you know what, this is we need some help in that, then by all means, reach out and get it before you need it. And if you're if you're getting into business, it's it's important to have that conversation up front on how we're going to run it, and how we're going to grow it, and how we're going to protect it. And oh, when I say the word protect, I'm usually going to go down that road of some kind of insurance because we talk about that because we want to protect our insurance, or sorry, we want to protect our families, and that's why we use insurance, and we want to protect our business, which is a way we can use insurance. So I'll mention that to you as well because we want to make sure that we share the wealth with the next generation and we continue to build wealth with the next generation and protect everybody. So um, we will talk about that today a little bit too. So when you find an organization, you want to check in with them and see what it is that they will do, what um, level of skill they have, what level of involvement they'll have. Uh, you want to know if they can provide your family with the skills through some global best practices, some tools and resources. They want to propel you and your organization to greatness and help you navigate the journey. And it's got to be in a, in a trusted community of like-minded peers. 
So you want to make sure that you, you fit in with that particular person that you're going to bring into your business and bring into your family. Because what you're doing, anything when you bring somebody into your business is is key. And it it's, can be a little bit emotional because you're bringing somebody in to, to talk about your financial situation. And that's kind of a big deal. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. It's a big deal. When somebody comes in and starts talking to you about their financial situation, that is a huge deal. And you have to respect that as the person that's being brought in. But from the other side, you also have to feel comfortable that the person you're bringing in is going to be helpful to you and help you in the direction that you want to go. And if they're not, that's okay. You can go find somebody else because there's lots of people out there. And if they're really good at what they do, they're going to want you to have that best person for them. So if it's not them, they're going to tell you. So that's one of the things you're going to look at for a person that you're looking for or for an organization that works with this. So there's different groups out there and that's what they might specialize in. Now, family enterprises, as I said, they are a huge part of making up the economy. So when you're thinking about yourself in a family business, I I always find it interesting when I talk to the people in, in business and if they're in a family business, because I don't think, it's like the millennials. You know, you hear all the time people talking about millennials and they don't realize the power they have. They don't realize how big they are. They don't realize the authority that they have to make change. And, and you hear all these things and, and I think, gosh, you know what? <laughs> You're talking about family business. They're making up over 60% of GDP. They are the max. They are the, the, the big deal. They're the, the, the bulk of the, the market. If you think of it like that, like you have a lot of power. So even if you're a one-person organization right now or you've got five people or ten people or a hundred people and you think, well, how can I impact change? You're part of a huge group of people, a huge important group of people. So just don't sell yourself short because you're contributing to the overall economy and the overall uh, direction of our market. So it's kind of a big deal. And I think that people should remember that. So you want to remember that when you're dealing with someone, we're going to create intergenerational harmony and success for the enterprise. Um, so look for people that have the same common values, the same common uh, morals as you. Look for somebody that, or an organization, if you're you're going to go with a group that has some experience or resources that they can share with you. Um, find out what they're going to offer and how they're going to offer it. Like anything else, you're going to get a plan or a proposal on how that's going to work. So family business, I think, is awesome. It's a big, big, big uh, part of our life. And I think it's really important that we remember that and that we empower each other in the family and in the business, the same as we would a stranger or an employee. So part of that with the family business, obviously everybody goes into business to make money. Like there's no secret there. I didn't just share you any secrets of the world. So the idea is you're going to make money. And when you make money and as you grow, like I mentioned, uh, McDonald's or Walmart or um, any of the other big companies that started as family members, um, how they grow and how much wealth they grow into. We also want to talk about how we're going to share that with the next generation and how we're going to protect that for the next generation. And really, what does that look like? So if you have a business and you've grown it to be worth a couple hundred million dollars, let's say, or a couple million dollars, and you have the next generation coming up, make sure you find out if they're interested in being part of the organization. 
it sounds like a simple question, but it's one that's often neglected in families because they just assume that people want to be part of a business. So I can tell you, I have I had a, I have a friend that had a business, and and him and his brother took over from the father. It couldn't be more family business if you made this stuff up, but it was a true, true family business. The dad started it, and then uh, the two brothers took over. The third brother didn't want to be part of it, and they had these conversations. They had these layouts. It was very successful, made many, many millions of dollars, and they had no children between them that wanted that were interested in taking over the business. None of them. So none of their kids did. So what they did was they, instead of forcing a business onto somebody and watching it fall apart or fail, they did the right thing for the business, which in turn is the right thing for the family. And they talked to their kids and nobody wanted to take over. No one was interested in getting involved. And they sold the business for a significant profit. And this family has, uh, the family has a uh, a relationship that is not uh, angry with each other. It's not spiteful. We had an open conversation as a fa- they had an open conversation as a family, and they said, "Hey, this is what we're going to do. Anybody interested? Nope." And then they had one-on-one conversations to make sure it wasn't uh, anything. There was no one to influence, and it was, "What do you really want to do with your life if you don't want to be part of the business?" And the one had an idea of uh, a secret desire for having his own restaurant. So when the business was sold, some of the money was used for him to start his own business. And that was one of the healthiest ways I've seen a family business handled and managed. And the family stays intact and everybody benefits because there's a significant amount of wealth that the the second generation created because they, they're the ones that sold the business. And now the third generation and the fourth generation and the fifth generation can all be lined up. And I will tell you how they did that after the break. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we come back, I will tell you how they were able to share the wealth with the next generation. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show 
with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, where we do all things to help you improve your life and answer your questions when you need them answered. And before we went to break, we were talking about a family business and the importance of family in the business and the business being the first focus and then the family and the dynamic of the family being the focus that helps make that business successful. So before we went to break, I also mentioned about a success story with the family and selling it and how do they pass this on to the next generation? Well, there's a lot of strategies and there's a lot of ideas. And one of them, as somehow in my life, it always comes back to life insurance because I am a big fan, but transitioning wealth to your children and your grandchildren, it doesn't have to be a big overwhelming task. So it doesn't matter if you have a thousand dollars, a million dollars, or a hundred million dollars. That when you're not here, that has to go somewhere. So I always tell people you need to be in control of it. Don't let somebody else make that decision for you, like your unknown child called the government, who will step in and tell you what to do and how to do it, because that's not going to be the wishes that you would have had. So let's say we're going to take control of our life and our destiny and our family's destiny, and we're going to create wealth for the next generation and the third generation and the generation after that. And that's that's truthfully the secret of really wealthy people is they're thinking four generations ahead. Not, they're not thinking about the next trip or the next Friday night plan. They're thinking four generations ahead on how to create wealth. And you can do it, absolutely. And you see a lot of people who are. Steve Jobs' family did not lose their wealth uh, when he passed away. There's a lot of wealth being created in a lot of families like uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, their foundation. They haven't lost their they, when they donate money and their family hasn't lost wealth and power to do anything. They're not giving all their money away in the sense where they're making themselves and their families worse off. They're making everybody better off. And there's lots of ways to do that. But we're going to talk about just people like us that we know and we pass and we see and that, that millionaire next door that, that we just uh, figured out how much they had and we're like, wow, we didn't realize they had that much or did that much or however the family business went. So the transitioning of wealth to your children, your grandchildren, it's important to start this conversation as early as possible. Don't make money a scary topic for the next generation. Talk to them about it. Let them know about taxes and estates. It doesn't matter where you are. You're going to have estate taxes, probate fees, whatever you want to call it. It's the tax when you die. That's what it is. So what happens when you die? They calculate your stuff and they say there's how much money you owe. That's the short of it. There's more pieces to it than that, but that's really what it boils down to. So some of the tax implications we're going to look at is upon death, so when somebody dies, that person is deemed to dispose of all their assets at fair market value, and then that can result in some taxes. And obviously there's some exceptions and there's some accounting ways to handle things like, you know, include your principal residence and stuff like that, But and life insurance pass probate free and however. Um, But for the most part, all your stuff gets calculated and they say how much they want tax. So there's exceptions for this when it rolls over to a spouse. Um, now, the challenge, though, for people is when it goes from one spouse to the other, that's easy. 
It's when it goes from the spouse to the the next generation, the children. So when we pass that through the estate, we're being distributed to your beneficiaries, that can be subject to probate fees. And there's other challenges that come out of that because there might be some creditors that are known, there might be some that are unknown, um, that could reduce the assets and impact your global or your estate goals. So these are all things that we want to make sure. There's no, there's no, it shouldn't be like in the movies where you sit down, the family members in that great big room and the lawyer sits behind that great big desk and he rolls out the will and he starts to read it and it's surprise, this happens and surprise, this is happening and surprise, this is what so the cousin's getting and so-and-so is getting grandma's china and all the things that you didn't think was going to happen. It shouldn't be like that. That might be fine for some entertainment values. That's not what you want for your family and that's not what you want for your business. So if you're concerned about the overall impact of your estate and the objectives that you're going to have relating to the disposition of your assets, guess what? For any of you that know me, guess what can be a beautiful protector of your estate and the taxes? Because we can't control when we die. We can't control the time of year, the type of market. We can't control what our assets are going to be worth at that time because we don't know if we're we're dying in a good market or a bad market. We don't know if the real estate market is up or down when we die. All we know is that somebody's going to look after it. And yes, 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 life insurance can be the answer because that can take the place of the taxes and all the stress. So it can take care of a lot of these concerns. And assets can be transferred into an exempt insurance policy and investments can grow during your lifetime. They wouldn't be subject to tax um, unless they were withdrawn. And then this would allow the capital to grow in a more effective manner. And the insurance proceeds would add to the amount of capital available to your family. So have the conversation. Put on your list of things to talk to your advisor about, either your financial advisor or your life insurance advisor or your accountant slash bookkeeper, tax preparer, whatever you're talking about. Um, Let's say, what's the tax implications of when I die? And can I use a life insurance policy to protect my family? Because when if it's a family business, remember, we're talking about family businesses. This, this works in a lot of different strategies too. But today, when we talk about a family business, if the, the business is made up of family members, then that has a huge impact on everybody in the family. So why wouldn't we make sure that financially the business is stable because the last thing you want to do is pass away and leave a financial mess in the company, which will ultimately be a mess in the family because it's all connected. Everyone's finances are connected to this business. So why would we do that? We wouldn't want to do that as an employee and leave our family worse off if we die because we didn't have our financial house in order. Why would you want to leave your business, not only your business, in bad shape, but that is definitely going to affect your family because they're part of the business. So this is why it's even... I think even more important for family members that are in business together to really make sure they have some good planning and good advice and good support. So did you know that the insurance proceeds are not subject to income tax? That's kind of a big deal, especially when you're in very high tax countries like we are in Canada. And I mean, taxes in the United States are different, but they're very, they're two of the most complicated tax acts in the world. So, that's why it's important that we know that, hey, you know what? The insurance proceeds are not subject to income tax. And if we also do a designation of a beneficiary other than the estate of the policy, so we're not going to say, hey, pay my life insurance into my estate, the proceeds will pass outside of the estate, and then they're not subject to probate fees or estate fees, if you will, because they're, they're known by different names, but it's the same general concept. 
And then any additional benefits um, of designating the beneficiary can be pre- creditor protection. They can offer some creditor protection. And the beneficiary designation can't be disputed through a, wa- a will challenge. So if you have any kind of untidiness to your estate and the will is challenged or held up or or in whatever shape it's in that it's not <clears throat> something that gets paid out right away, an insurance policy is separate. So draw a line on a piece of paper and write your will on one side, and that's all your stuff, and then write your life insurance on the other side, and nothing crosses over that line from one to the other. So the insurance comp- the insurance policy is different. It's separate. So remember, that is an important distinction too. So there's always new rules that we have to check in, and you know this is why I said before, and I'll say it again, your insurance becomes part of your plan. Review it when you review your other stuff. Review if you're going to review your every year. You're going to review your car insurance or your house insurance. Well, you know what? Review your life insurance. Review review your family plan. Review your investments. That's all super super important stuff. So that's how we can not just share the wealth with the next generation, but we can actually pass the wealth on to the next generation. Now, I do want to share a little bit about um, some traits of a strong of strong family businesses. So we've talked about some of the ways they can do it. Some of the, the traits we want to look at are um, highlighted. The Harvard Business Review did the study on it, and uh, it's it's pretty neat, some of the values, that, or sorry, the elements that they came up with. So the first one is that families must have a value system. And a value system is the what, what unites the members together, and it provides the framework for the relationship. And this is for the business and the community. So if we don't share the same value system, it's going to be really hard for us to work together because my values are my values. Your values are your values. And if they're not in alignment, then you don't have a separate set of values for your business and say, okay, well, you agree um, with this particular issue and I disagree with you on it. But for the company's sake, we'll agree on this. That's not how it works. You are who you are. You have the influences and the beliefs that you have. Acknowledge them, and that is your value system. So the um, the important part of this is it gives your organization the moral center, and that helps to sustain sustain you when you face challenges. It helps you make helps you make difficult decisions, and it provides you a really powerful way to differentiate yourself in the market. These are your values. McDonald's started with the value of providing the best food. At the best price, they started with a hamburger, a fry, and a pop, a soda, and you walked up and you got it handed to you, and that was it. There was no multiple. I mean, the menu's grown obviously, and the, there's been transition and change and growth, but that's how it started. And the brothers had the same values and the same um, system, the same value system. The next um, vision for the future that we want to look at with the family is it's clearly defined and communicated and it guides the family's actions all the time. It's really easy, um, I'm going to say, or it's a whole lot easier (laughs) if it's not really easy, but it's a whole lot easier if we are in business together and we're family and we have a vision for the future that's clearly defined and clearly outlined and articulated about the business that when something comes up that's important or something comes up that's a little bit ambiguity, a little bit ambiguous in the business, or it's complex, or there's a lot of things that need to change, and we're not totally sure. We can look at each other and say, okay, let's go back to what what is our vision for the future? What did we want to do? 
Where did we want to progress? How did we want to expand? And this is something you review all the time. It's a living document. But you say, okay, you know what? That's not the direction we were going in. That's not what our value system is. That's not our vision for the future. So it's easier to make decisions without having a fight or emotional um, attacks on each other. So families must also, they have to have the clarity of the level of the involvement and how much information will be necessary to share with each other so that we can carry on with our responsibilities. And that's all part of I'm responsible for this, you're responsible for this, and we all have our own very clear set of responsibilities and distinctions. So when something comes up and it's if I'm the finance person, then it's a financial question, it can come to me and I can have a lot more input than the person who's in charge of the marketing when it's a marketing question. So there's um, a few more uh, parts that we're going to talk about when we come back about the skills for um, families and business, family businesses, and the strengths and what the, the really strong family businesses share based on what the Harvard Business Review study found, because I think it's fascinating and it's important. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return from our final break, we will wrap up our conversation about family business. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about the strength of the family enterprise. That is family business, the big bulk of our market and our gross domestic product. And before we went to break, I had started telling you about the six traits of a strong family business that the human, the human, they're human, but the Harvard Business uh, Review had 
had uh, put together for us. So the first ones I told you about having a shared family values or shared value system. And then the second one was that you have a vision for the future and that you have clarity on your level of involvement. Well, the last three are you have to demonstrate a cohesion and interaction. So this is the mutual understanding and respect, the support, the healthy exchange of ideas, discussions of key issues, handling delicate issues. It deter- this part here will determine how resilient the family is and how it will respond to change. So when something comes up, either good or bad, how they're going to handle it and how they're going to respond to it. So that's kind of uh, a key piece for future growth. The other, the fifth one is that you have to have a good family governance. And this means that you have to ensure that decisions are made and the authority is exercised in accordance with the established and accepted best practices so that we can avoid any conflict or we can um, commit to a professionalism and we can attract and retain these great talents because we're not going to have inter-company fighting or inter-family fighting is what it really is. Uh, and I mentioned before about a very, very successful company that was very smart and early on to, to have a good family governance and they have a family advisor sit on their board who is a regular interaction, a regular part of the family. And then finally, the sixth uh, important trait for the strong family business is that the leadership and principal roles are clearly defined for all the executives at all levels. Um, it doesn't matter whether they operate inside the company or outside of the company. If you're a family member and it's a big company, then your role is that you are either a shareholder or you are not a shareholder, but it's defined. So you don't just get to say something about the business even though you're working someplace else. And the people who are working in the business have clearly defined descriptions and, and roles so that when, like I said before, for example, if I was the financial uh, person in that role, then when a financial question came up, they would come to me because that's my role. They wouldn't go to the HR person because they wanted an answer on a financial question. So we respect each other's roles and their leadership principles, and that's how we help each other be successful in a business and as a family. So they Harvard found that there's a strong correlation between all these elements and financial success. So they also found that medium and to large family businesses that have revenues, and this might not be everybody that we know, but uh, just anybody that has revenues in excess of $500 million, there was a full 40% that underperformed in at least three out of six of these areas. So you can see just by having a lot of money involved, doesn't necessarily mean you check off all the boxes of success. So there's always lots of room and there's always stuff to be doing to be conscious and aware of it. It's when people avoid it and they don't want to talk about it that you really run into problems. So when you're in business with family members, you really have to be careful that you're you're talking to somebody as your partner and that you have the ability to speak openly and freely and one isn't going to... Um, overwhelm the other one or overpower that other one. So and this is where where some of these strengths come in. So um, what do you do to remain healthy and viable? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to diagnose the problem. And then the next thing you want to do is uh, help yourself in the area where you are the weakest. So get support or call somebody. Um, and it's certainly easy to call an, an external person because, I like I mentioned, there's lots of people out there who are consultants or advisors or coaches that can do these sorts of things. I have to caution, There's because I said there's a lot of people out there, there's also a lot of people out there who think they can do it and they're not terribly uh, strong and and the right person for that. 
So like anything else, there's lots of people out there who are very good at it. There's lots of people who aren't. Don't be afraid to ask for references. Don't be afraid to check out their qualifications. And don't be afraid to interview them because it's as much of an interview for you as it is for them to make sure that you're a good fit. If you're not a good fit, it doesn't mean that the sky is falling and the world is ending. It just means that you're not the right fit for either that particular project or that particular issue or not at all. And that's okay. We're not all... We we don't all fit with everybody. We all have our own particular niche or skills and abilities and other people have their own niche and skills and abilities. And if we fit with them and it clicks, it's magic and it's fantastic. And if we don't and we're smart and, and our ego is small enough or we're at least aware of it to say, you know what, we're just not the right fit rather than trying to make a, a, a square peg fit in a round hole, so to speak, if we're in that mature position mentally and uh, um, emotionally that we can say, you know what, I'm not the right fit for you. I, I really like you and I'd love to help you, but I'm not the right fit. That's not my skill set that can help you with this. Then I can recommend you to somebody else. Or if you're seeing someone say, I really like you and I'd love to work with you, but you don't have the right skills that I need. So I'm going to just keep looking for somebody else. And down the line, if something comes up, I'd be happy to either refer you or use you on another situation. And these are some of the areas that I think people are the, the most afraid to ask. And they need to just have that conversation and and say, you know what, when we focus this on the business first, it makes it a lot easier to have these conversations because you're focusing it on the business, not on, oh, my feelings are going to be hurt or this is a personal attack or they're thinking this about me when they're saying this and they don't think I can do the job because uh they don't have any faith in me or they don't think I'm smart enough. And a lot of these things happen in families where people's emotions run wild and these 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 things happen in their head. But the reality of it is um, when you have that conversation, what you expect and are anticipating is usually a significantly less traumatic than what it actually is. So hopefully that helps with those in family business. Uh, family businesses are awesome. They're They're fascinating. They're the root of our economy, and I'm I'm happy when I I see them and talk to them, and and we all support them. Sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't. Whether they're big or they're not, um, but if you have any questions about any financial issues, please contact us here. Email us, write us, uh, join us in the chat room, and we will be happy to answer as best we can. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.